come to our Bible reading this morning, uh, which is found in in the uh, Gospel of John, uh, chapter uh, 13, verses 31 to 38. And when he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as um, I told the Jews, so I tell you now where I am. I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Now, I want you to think this morning um, about places that you might consider that you love. Um, there, are, there, are, there are different places that we, we, uh, we have to go to in life. Um, for those who are still in the workforce, you have to rock up to work each day. Um, you have to keep doing that. Um, sometimes as you get older, all of a sudden you have to go other places more regularly than you may care to. You've got to go see the doctor again. I have to go wait in the waiting room. But um, there, are, there, are, there are places that you might love to go. Like you might, Some of you might be dreaming to go to Disneyland. Um, some of you may be dreaming to go outside Queensland. Like uh, That's how big your dream goes at the moment. But, but the thing is, it's not, I'm not talking about places like that, but I'm talking about places that we end, find ourselves ending up at all the time. I'm going to put a couple of images up and I want you to just yell out the first word that comes to mind. So I'm going to put up the first image. That's the Department of Transport. Any, any words? Social distance. Yeah, they're not following it there, so it's an old photo. Stress, crowded. Long, yeah. Um, having to wait, waiting. Yeah, so um, then our next one is... Okay, what's the word that comes to mind here? Pain? <laughs> Expensive, yep. So the dentist is one place that it hurts going in and hurts going out. Um, so, but the thing is, like, just the feeling of the dentist is just, it smells and looks and bright light. It just, it doesn't have an appeal to it one little bit. Over the years, they haven't changed that appeal at all. Um, they like they, the drills couldn't like play a song while they drill, but they don't do any of that. Just, yeah, right in your ear. So, and then okay, last picture. Okay, so oh, they're trying to follow a bit of social distancing there, but that's just the supermarket. Necessity. It is expensive. Um, tall. <laughs> See, three months ago, that wouldn't have been the first thing that came to mind, but it. And probably not far off the top now. But the thing is, yeah, you have to go to the shops, we have to buy food. Um, even if you live by yourself, you can't get away from doing it. If you've got multiple people in your home, you end up going back more often than you want. And like, yeah, if you, if you work full time, you end up going when everyone else is going and it can be a very busy time. And so the thing is, when you look at those three places, we don't get rave reviews on those three places. Some might be worse than others. 
But the thing is, I wonder what people would say. I wonder what you would say if we put a picture of the church up. Now, don't say anything out loud at the moment for that one, but let's think about it honestly. Um, do we think about church in the same way we think about the dentist or the supermarket or places that we have to go to? Like, you may sort of grown up the fact that, um, and I've heard like people who have grown up with that idea, I have to go to church. My mum and dad said I had to go to church, and now I have to go to church. I'm going to make my kids go to church. And if you ask them why, why do you have to go to church? Because I have to. That's their reason. And I'm going, oh, okay, well, that becomes, church becomes very quickly like the dentist then. Like you have to go because your teeth are falling out or it's hurting or, or some other thing. But the thing is, is this what God intended when he created the church? A place that we, we go to because we, 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 we feel like we're going to get our fingers wrapped or this, I, I want to do this and I've got to sort of show up enough so that I go to the pastor doesn't give me a phone call, all that kind of stuff. Like, what is our reason going? Is that what God intended? Was it this? This is the idea about community for people, and I, I, I believe the Bible tells us something very differently. And this wasn't God's plan for the church. Now, when we look at our church again, the last three months have sort of thrown the definition of church really open, because again, if you were to ask what church is, a lot of people, like if on the street, maybe even some of you would go that hour on a Sunday morning is church. Now again, the thing is, the last three months has kind of removed that like very quickly um, as our understanding of church. And there were things that I believe a church should do that we weren't able to do in the past three months. Over the past 12 months, we've been looking at our discipleship pathway. And who, who can sort of figure out what our... There's four words on this one. Anyone want to guess what our first our four words are? Tony Carks, he's got it on the screen in front of him. So... No, no, that, don't read that one. So, so our discipleship pathway, the first one is connect. We want to be a church that connects with God and we want to connect with those around us. So um, it's been great to see over the past year our church doing that uh, through our Sundays, through our ministries, and that's what we desire to do as a church. Our second step is... Um, no, that's step three actually, but um, you got ahead of it. But but it's belong. So, yeah, you know, I know they're, they're cheating. I'm ignoring them. So, um, but belong, um, belong is how we are. Again, we are joined into God. We are joined together, and but in doing that, what happens is that we actually have a deeper sense of community. We actually rely upon each other. We um, we rely upon each other to actually grow with God. Um, I don't know if you ever thought about that, but I rely on my growth of God, not just for myself, but from you as well. I, I rely on you to grow with God. And so when we are not able to belong together, all of a sudden that does impact my growth with God. Um, step three, and so volunteering comes in with this one, but it's actually called, What's Your Ministry? So... So what's your ministry? Finding ways that you can be using what God has given you, your gifts, your passions, and your experience to serve God, whether that's through the ministries of the church or whether that is um, serving God in your neighbourhood or your local school or in your workplace. Um, God actually doesn't sort of say you must have a, a volunteer role at church 
to actually be using your gift. You don't have to have a job title to be using your gifts. But God does want each one of us to be serving in that way. But as we look at the church, we, we are called to serve in the church as well and to see, and sometimes as we come together, we actually, step two is help when we serve together. Um, I, for me, one of my greatest experience, experiences is when I've been able to serve along other leaders who have the same passion for, for different aspects of, of, of the world, like whether it's young people or this, and all of a sudden you get excited together, you, you achieve together, and, and all of a sudden it grows your faith together as well. And the last step that we have as a church for our discipleship pathway is to repeat, um, which is, means that we need to be in the habit of actually seeing others trained up in the same way. We want to see others come in and connect and belong and find their place and find their ministry and then see them do that to someone else. Because all of a sudden that means if we have a church of 20, they are all discipling someone else, so they are all discipling someone else, so they are all discipling someone else. It doesn't actually stop. I think some of us, though, we get to the point going, okay, well, I've, I've hit what's my ministry. I've, I've volunteered this year. I've done my, my couple of days. And um, for those who'd like to volunteer at Kids Club, you missed your opportunity this year. And so you go, oh, you have to wait till next year. But the thing is, sometimes we think that way, but God is wanting us to be in this continual process. So that's sort of where our church is and, and I suppose how we would kind of define what our church is trying to achieve. We are not just about having uh, an hour on Sunday morning. We are about seeing us connect and belong and to serve and to see disciples made. And that doesn't happen just in this space. It happens when these people actually go into the world and see that happen through their lives. And so we're going to be having a look at um, this next uh, five weeks, including today, I Love My Church how we can be that community of, of God where we actually love each other, we love God, and, and that actually shapes how we do things. And I, I wanted to set up the, uh, the, the setting for John 13 where the Bible reading came from before because it's actually quite an interesting chapter because it's, it's I suppose, the Gospel of John's version of the Passover meal. And John actually highlights a few di different things through that meal because... It's the Passover meal and they've gathered together and, and they're having the food and, and again, all these guys are probably hungry so they're probably loving it. Like, um, I, can, I can imagine like manners and like, we, we come sometimes looking and go, this would be this really sacred time, everyone would be like using their fingertips and this was like a whole lot of fishermen eating food. I reckon it would have been a bit sort of messy at times. I reckon a couple of disciples had stains down their tunics. Um, but the thing is, but during that time, and this is what makes chapter 13, there's just like, so many things happening at it. During this time, while they're having this meal, as Peter's sort of wiping the stuff off it and, and going back for seconds, Jesus hops up and he goes and washes all their feet. And Peter sort of like really responds badly to that beginning to begin with and then says, oh, Jesus, I want you to clean all of me. And then during that same, same chapter, um, we see Judas get to the point where he, it's revealed that he has betrayed Jesus and he is going to sell Jesus out. And then it, basically it talks about Jesus going away, and, and, which is where we read before. There's a, there's a couple of verses we want to look at. But, and then the chapter finishes as Peter sort of going, I'll go anywhere with you, Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you're going to betray me too, Peter. So it's, it's really a, quite a full chapter. There's a lot happening there. And sometimes we can miss the verses that I want to look at today because 
um, of everything else happening. But I want to look at especially verses 34 and 35. It says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Jesus finishes saying that, then he goes on to say, Peter, you're going to betray me. And then they get up, they go to the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is arrested, Jesus goes to the cross, Jesus dies. This is actually probably the last teaching point Jesus actually made with his disciples. Before well, he came back again and gave them another thing to do, but this was the last thing before he died that he said to his disciples, that I want you to love each other so that people will know you by your love. Jesus was speaking not only to his disciples then, but he's also speaking to any that would be a part of the church in the future. So Jesus is also speaking to us. And Jesus is actually defining how the church should be. He's not actually saying how the church always is. He's saying this is how the church should be. He wanted the church to have the right DNA um, to grow from, something that would always be present. And Jesus said that that love will be the church identifying mark. It's how people will know that we are Christians and Jesus' followers should be unmistakable. And the thing is, I think that has been lost a little bit over the years. Um, We will stand for a lot of things and stand against a lot of things, but sometimes our love is not present. So that's where we want to go um, over the next five weeks. We want to sort of go, how do we get the love of God back in our core? Um, See, this verse was a prelude of the church to come. The church will start in Acts, but here we find Jesus meeting with his disciples, telling them how his followers should be known and what reputation this will be in the community. And that's the thing as well. Like For us today, wouldn't it be great if the world looks at us and goes, hey, you're from that church. You, you, you love people. You care for people. We know how you've looked after that, that person in that situation. We know how you've looked after this person going through that tough time. Do the people within the church know that they are loved? I'm just going to put this out there. We've got people in our church who are going through tough times at the moment. And, and not to be critical, but a habit can be forming. There's that we kind of ask around them, oh, how are they going? How's Bob going? Oh, I haven't heard from him a while. Oh, I hope he's doing okay. We're showing care and concern, but no one will actually go talk to Bob. Oh, I've done that. I've, I've stood back and I've, I've asked people how certain people are going, but I haven't actually actively gone and cared for them or asked them how they're doing. And I think that's got to be a change in what we do, especially in the, in the world that is. We need to be showing our active love to those around us. So what does it mean for us to love? What does it mean to love one another? Um, when we say we want to love as God, as God intended uh, us to be, what do we mean by that? Well, I'm going to ask that, I'm going to, I suppose, answer that question, how should we love the church, um, by looking at two things. Um, I think it was March last year, Elizabeth and I got the chance to go away um, to a wedding and the night before we, um, we drove down to Sunny Coast and we got down there and we were able, because we had no kids, to actually investigate um, multiple places to go out for dinner. And so we, we found this place on, uh, at Alexander Headlands and there was just a whole street 
of these restaurants that were really, really busy. Probably wouldn't be as busy today, but um, they were really busy. And we looked up and down, like, and we sort of had all this choice. I think there was about seven restaurants in, in this vicinity. And they were very open places. You kind of walked in and found a seat and grabbed a menu. And we ended up going to this place called Junk. Um, it was a, uh, an Asian sort of um, food. And, 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 and basically, we sat in there and, and um, ordered our food. And a few different things made it a great experience. One, it was really good food. Uh, it was something that we didn't go and get to try too often. And so we really enjoyed that part of it. Two, we had no kids. That also actually added to the experience. Um, and so we didn't have to rush. Kids were back, back in Rockhampton with Grandma. We didn't have to rush home for them. We didn't have to do anything else. We could go get dessert afterwards. It was just one of those things where all of a sudden we could say we loved that experience that night. We loved going to junk. Um, and and we'd, we'd go there again. But it was an experience. Um, I think it was Friday afternoon, uh, Caleb, uh, well, what have we been about lunchtime, Caleb loves riding his bike. And so I decided to sort of treat Caleb and said, oh, we're going to ride, you're going to ride your bike. And I had to walk beside him because he doesn't quite keep up with me on the bike. Um, and he rode his bike all the way up to Red Rooster from our place. And he got like a little packet of chips. And so he, as in riding up, we, we got to experience that together. And, and he sort of, he wanted to stop at Red Rooster and play on the playground. So we can't do that. And, but all of a sudden, like, through that, we got to have a relational experience together. And so um, Caleb will, will sort of say, not, not all the time, but enough, but he'll say, oh, I love you, Daddy, love you, Mummy. But the thing is, that love is very much different to us saying, I love going to a restaurant, or I love that movie, or I, I love that experience. It's a relational love. And this is, what, um, this is what we should mean when we say, I love my church. It means that we love one another. Um, it's, it's, it's more than just an experience. And the thing is, some of us actually rate church on our experience of church. All of a sudden we'll go, do you know what? Well, we might even say today, well, there was a lot of people away today. So my experience of church wasn't great. Or there wasn't any morning tea today. I had to listen to Keith without any coffee at all as a promise. Like, that is really tough. Like, we, we, you might go to a church, oh, they've got 20 people up the front in their music team. Oh, we've only got four here. Or, or we, whatever else you could sort of base that experience upon. Like, you, you, you're probably very fortunate. I've seen churches have really uncomfortable chairs. So you guys are living it up in luxury here. Um, so you, you've got a tick on that one. But other places might go somewhere and go, oh, I can't enjoy church here. I can't love my church because my back needs a chiropractic appointment after every service. But the thing is, we actually need to get to a place where I love being at church because of the relationship that is present. Firstly, my relationship with God, and through that, my relationship with others. Um, and the, the great thing about that, when we do love that way, what it does bring about are great experiences that we can come to love as well. If we don't have the relationship, the experiences may never come. But if you have the relationship and you are in this to see God at work in your life, in the life of the church, in our community, you'll begin to see God do amazing things and you go, oh, you'll actually be able to say with even a greater fervor, I love my church because of what God is doing in it. Um, see, loving the, loving the church begins with loving Jesus. Um, as I said before, the church is never meant to be like a restaurant. 
it's based upon these relationships and we we see that Jesus was actually I suppose given an example of his love with God uh, his love with the Father when he spoke to the disciples about that person in the Gospel of John Jesus love brought us into relationship with himself uh, his death on the cross was an act of love for each one of us and so this was something that was really important for us to understand um, because if we get to the place where we're treating church like an experience, if we're treating church like something that if it's not good enough we'll find somewhere else to go, all of a sudden that's actually quite self-focused. Um, it isn't loving Jesus, it isn't loving others, it's actually making sure my desires are met, making sure that I'm comfortable. Um, it's all about my gain. And for those who understand love in any way, like whether that's in a family or... You know, if, if, if love is all about you, I'm going to just give you a little bit of a secret. It may not be love. Okay? If, if love is always about you, it may not be love. Um, it, it might be selfishness. And, and the thing is, it does happen in life where everything needs to be revolving around us and, and people have got to do things our way and, and do, it, do things for us. But if they don't, then like, I'm not going to love you anymore. I'm not going to like you anymore. Um, so we basically need to get to a place where we need to understand how we can intentionally love as the church. How does that look? How does it look for us to intentionally love as the church? Well, first of all, our love for each other should be evidence um, of Jesus' action in our lives. Well, what I mean by that is that if, if you come to church and... and there is a lack of true love, true compassion, true care amongst the church. I would basically, without a doubt, be able to say that your relationship with God is not where it should be. I mean, we talked about that in experiencing God. So this is kind of flowing on with that idea a little bit. Because what happens is that if I am not right with God, it makes me hard to be right with others. But if I'm in the right place with God, everything else flows out of that. And so our love for each other should be evidence of God, Jesus' action in our lives. Our love for each other should also depict the way that he loves us. So as we love each other, it's actually mirroring how Jesus loved us. How did Jesus love you? As you open your Bible and go, oh, this is how Jesus loved me, and go, I should be loving others in that same way. I should be loving my church family in that same way. Oh, am I, am, I, am, I, am I forgiving like Jesus is forgiving? Am I understanding? Am I patient like Jesus is patient? Am I gracious as Jesus is gracious? Um, our love for each other should also be a living example of Jesus' love for all people. See, this is one thing I suppose... I've seen churches that love the church maybe really well, but anyone outside that doesn't even get a look in. Um, they, they rock up and, and um, I remember years ago um, a, a couple that came to our church in Brisbane um, and they, they were part of our church and joined our church and, and we are talking about a bit of their experience and they had been attending, or the, the, the wife had been attending this one church for about five years and the Sunday she decided to leave, she came in and they said, oh, welcome to church, it's nice that you're visiting with us. After five years at a church... And all of a sudden she just felt that you don't know me. Like I'm not important to this place. And so, so she spent five years trying to be a part of that place and never got there. 
Some people won't wait that long. Um, and so we, we need to be a church as people walk in through the door that they know that, hey, we, we are glad you, you are here. We are glad that you are going to join us to find out about Jesus. We are glad that this is a place that you can know that you are safe and you are cared for. It's, it's important to note that Jesus' command focuses on the expression of our love towards one another within the church. And the way we love other disciples is directly related to how we show Jesus' love to the world. So if we're a church that even fights together, like they say that families that fight together stay together, like, yeah, no, no that's not, not, we don't apply that to the church. Churches that fight together end up saying to the world that don't, don't come in here. Don't be a part of this. This is a mess and you're just going to bring your mess with it. So, yeah, you just find your own way out there. We want to be a church that is actually unified and, and coming together. Um, and to be in community um, with one another as God intended us to be, we're going to be looking at four areas over the next four weeks. First of all, we, we love by connecting. So being in community, in fellowship, in relationship with each other is more than knowing people's names and where they sit on a Sunday morning. That would be really confusing at the moment because no one is in their regular seats. Um, everyone's sort of all over the place. Um, but we love one another when we stand alongside one another and being connected with one another is ensuring no one stands alone. Um, and that means people that aren't here this morning. I, I want you to just take a moment, look around, note in your head who's not here. Not to sort of give them a bad mark on their, on their role, like, but go, who could I call this week and say, hey, miss you on Sunday? Um, like, hey, how are things going? How, how's, how have you been like in, in your walk with God? Are you going to be there next Sunday? Hey, do you want to catch up during the week? As you look around the room, have that attitude of love towards people and go, hey, especially think of those who you know are doing it tough. We've got a number of people that are struggling with ongoing sickness. We've got people who are, are, are waiting for God to provide their needs. And we're in a world where we can use text, email, phone call, and we can drop in in person. And the thing is, sometimes we don't do any of them. Let's be a church that shows our love consistently. Because as I said, this, this hour is not just church. We are, we are the church. So we also love by serving. And we've talked about that with volunteering. We've talked about that with um, using our gifts. Um, God has given each one of us um, gifts that he has um, desires us to use for his glory. Um, and so basically God is wanting us to, to, to serve with one another and serve for God's purposes. We love by giving. And, and, yeah, we're going to talk about giving, but maybe not in the way you think. Um, because, yeah, we give to God, we worship God that way. But the thing is, we give, how we give is an indicator of our, our love for people. And the thing is, that's our time. That's our experience. That's our effort. Like when someone has got experience in a certain area and they can come over and, and, and love someone by using that gift to help me out, great. I'm, I'm appreciative of that. You may be able to cook a cake for someone. That can be a way that you show love to someone who has, who has a particular need. And so it's not just about going, how much money in my wallet and I'm going to give that. It's about saying, how much do I value those around me in my church? And we love by sharing. The love that Jesus gives to us and that we can have for one another isn't to be hoarded within the walls of the church. 
Just because we are in a loving community doesn't mean we, it will run out if we let it sort of run into the world around us. What we need to get into is a habit of sharing God's love to a world that is in desperate need for it. And the thing is about God's love, because it never runs out, what happens when you share God's love? It multiplies. And so all of a sudden we see people come to know Jesus Christ and all of a sudden we see God's love grow and expand. So we're going to be talking about those four areas over the next few weeks. But just before I wrap up today, I want to leave you with some questions. I'm not going to give you the answers. I'm going to give you some questions. So you've got homework. Um, so now Jesus commands us as Christians, uh, Jesus commands to us as Christians is um, that all of our interactions must be bathed in love. How do our actions project love to one another in our church? How, how do the things that you do show your love for those around you, show your love for God? Um, what do, like, in, I'll say it in, in first person, but you can answer this yourself. What do I have to offer these people and what do they have to offer me? When you think about the church, if, it, if you are just here to show up and go home, you, you miss out on the opportunity to love other people and for them to love you. What do they have to offer? What do I have to offer them? Um, if I don't fully participate in my church, what will I be missing in my Christian walk with Jesus? What will you miss out on if you don't fully engage with those around you? Now this one's this one you I this one I'm not asking for answers because this one's got to be your answer. Um, what is the biggest obstacle you personally need to overcome in order to show love to the people in this church? What is the thing that stops you from loving people? And what steps will you be willing to take to overcome that obstacle? And this is one like I, you can give me some feedback on later. What steps can we take to make our church renowned for its love? What things can we do as a church to say, hey, we are a loving church. This is what we're doing to be a loving church. And so I really hope that you can stick with us over the next four weeks as we move through this. Um, I, I encourage you, if you're not part of a small group, get connected in there. Like Find ways of expressing God's love in your life to those around you. And to, this, is, this is going to be quite a... There's going to be quite a lot of homework that you can take from this um, series. So um, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. Some of you are going, oh, I don't want homework. Um, don't come to church on Sunday to get homework. But the thing is... How we apply this will actually have um, a major impact or, or will have, I suppose, close the door for us if we don't follow through on it. So I really hope that you can stick with us over the next few weeks as we move through this idea of, of loving um, through um, community, through serving, through giving and through sharing and that we can sort of say to that as a church, I love my church. I love being together. I love um, not just the experience of it, but I love the people and, and, the, and the things that we are able to do together to see God's kingdom glorified here. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you today for, for your glory, for, um, for how you have called us each, each of us to this place, to this church. I pray as we um, discover more of your will, um, more of your, your wisdom, more of your power in our lives that we are able to walk uh, in relationship with you and that your love will flow through us um, to those around us in our church but also into our wider community as well so they would truly know um, of, of the love that we have in this place because of you. We pray this in your name. Amen. <laughs>